Arizona Sports, Sports, the local sports leader, leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. The top stories of the day presented to you at 4 o'clock every day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We start with the Arizona Cardinals as the list of potential candidates they could hire to be their new head coach grows longer and longer by the day. According to Ian Rappaport, the Cardinals plan to interview Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo on Wednesday, offensive coordinator Brian Callahan on Thursday. And according to Field Yates, Arizona will interview with Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka on Tuesday. Three new names added wow. to the mix, Gambo. Yeah, you know, when this process is over and, hire, and they hire a coach, there's no way we're going to say they didn't leave any stone unturned, right? They've interviewed a lot of different candidates for the job. They haven't made the decision yet. They clearly got through the process and wanted to look at some of the, you know, coaches that were available this weekend and the playoffs that are now available to talk to. So, you know, you got to like the job that they're doing, at least interviewing as many people as possible. Now, Sean Payton was on Fox over the weekend, the former Saints coach, and he said he's still in consideration for these gigs. I think with the way the coaching hiring process has changed this year, we're seeing it play out a little longer for these clubs. And I think it's a good thing because they're allowing teams to get to the right candidates. But the doors are not closed yet. No, 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 no. That being said, when he was on the Colin Cowherd show today, during a 30-minute interview, he did not say a word about the coaching search, and he was not asked to say a word about the coaching search when he was on with Colin for a half hour. Yeah, really no, interesting today. You know, it's inc- incredible. Like Sean Payton is the best candidate out there that is available, but because of the salary demands that you would expect he's going to have and the compensation that would have to go to New Orleans, it does seem that a lot of people are completely turned off by that. Whether he gets a job or not, I don't know, but nobody's jumped at hiring Sean Payton. Nobody's like, oh my God, I can get this guy. Let me do it. I'm fascinated by that. Then, and I'm fascinated with this, and I haven't even heard it yet. I, Eric, our producer, told me that Paul Calvisi, Cardinal Sideline reporter, was just on with Gatos and Chad a little bit ago. He is predicting that Sean Payton will be the new Cardinals head coach. I'll let Paul explain. Sean Payton by this time next week. We'll see. You think that's going to happen? Uh, I think they're negotiated right now. They keep adding names to the interview list. I think they're telling Payton and they're telling the Saints, bring your price down. No one else is coming after you. We'll go hire someone else if we have to. I think the Cardinals are truly interested, but right now they're negotiating on the price, both to Peyton and to the Saints. Interesting. I'd really be fascinated if the Cardinals, you know, listen, they're clearly not going to give up the number three pick this year. I'm sure that's a game changer right there. That's not going to happen. I'd love to see it. I have my doubts that they would spend that type of money on Sean Payton, but uh, you know, Paulie does a good job. We'll see if that comes true. Yeah, it it just kind of suggesting these three new interviews that came up today might be a way of sending a message to the Saints of their preparedness to move on. In the meantime, since we're still talking about the Cardinals, let me play this. We haven't mentioned this yet. Ian Rappaport over the weekend talking about Kyler Murray's rehab. My understanding is he is going to take his time and make sure this thing is 100% right. He is young. He's got a long career. He's not going to rush. So do not be surprised if we don't see him to start the season or maybe even by the midway point. The midway point of the season. Oh, he's listening. We, we would no, This is not a surprise. We, no, none of us expected that Kyler Murray was going to be playing week one. Not after that no. type of injury. There was just no way. 
No, no, not. I certainly, I agree with that. The, the, the suggestion of him not being ready until midway through the season—that was a little bit of a wake-up call, right? Like I, I, I fully expect. I, you're, I agree with you. The first three games, yeah. You start talking about half the season, you're talking about the first, what, eight games of the season? Nine games of the season? Which is why I may not want to give up next year's number one draft pick either. Which is why you might not want to give up next year's first round pick. I, like, I don't Absolutely. want to give up next year's first round pick. What if they're, what if, what if they're one in seven and Kyler comes back and they end up with a top three pick next year? I don't want to give Turn that to the Saints. Yeah, let's turn our attention to the Suns. They picked up a win in San Antonio thanks to Mikel Bridges, who went nuclear in overtime. And the Suns have another chance to pick up a win tonight against the Raptors at 7 o'clock. Toronto, a team the NBA has kept its eye on at the trade deadline as it approaches Sham Sharania with the latest update in the Suns' biggest name involved in trade talk so far. I think we're finally at the 10-yard line of the Jay Crowder oh. saga. I'm told the Suns have given permission to the Bucks to meet one-on-one with Jay Crowder ahead of the trade deadline. I'm told this meeting took place over the weekend between Jay Crowder and the Bucks, and, and they've been seriously engaged in conversations. Uh, sources tell me that the Bucks' recent offer, most current offer, offer is Jordan Nawara, Serge Ibaka, George Hill, uh, second-round draft compensations for Crowder. That's a whole lot of yuck right there, Gambo. It's a whole lot of yuck. The second-round draft picks may be the best you can get. Now, there may be a third team involved, because I'm telling you, I don't believe that the Suns have any interest in the Milwaukee players. They certainly don't like Crowder and George Hill, um, but the draft pick compensation may interest them. But I wonder if a third team was involved, because, again, I can tell you the Suns really don't have any interest in those three players. Yeah, now we'll see, of course, Toronto. Sham's reporting that Jay had a conversation with the Box. Toronto in town tonight. Toronto's that big fish that everyone's watching to see if they decide to sell with a trade deadline coming up in about 10 days or so. We'll keep an eye on that. Big weekend in the NFL. 49ers lose their quarterbacks loose. The Eagles 31-7. Phillies headed to the Super Bowl. We found out today Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL that will sideline him six months. He is seeking a second Second medical opinion about whether he needs surgery. The 49ers are recommending surgery, but no decisions. If it's a repair, he's out six months, Gambo. If it's a total reconstruction, then basically he's a pitcher in Major League Baseball, and he could be out for a lot so, longer than six months. So knowing what you know now, is it do you fault the 49ers for bringing him back in that game? Um, he only really handed was, the ball off. Right. Knowing that he was only going to throw the ball five yards, no. I, I mean, you were screwed either way. If Christian McCaffrey's your quarterback, you're screwed. If Brock if Brock Purdy's your quarterback and he can only throw the ball five yards, you're screwed. It, it doesn't. No. I don't fall. No, but did you it. risk him having a full Tommy John surgery oh. when having him out there instead of just a minor one? I don't know. But I just questioned you. Do you knowing what we know now, I mean, do you fault them at all for bringing him back in the game? Um. Gosh, if you put it that way. Right? Could I mean, because there's big difference. damage by having him up there. Could yeah. he have done worse damage? I'm not a doctor, but could he have done worse damage? By th- he did throw a football. Like he did. And he was warming up on the sidelines throwing a football. Could he have done worse damage coming back? Potentially. That's a really good question and one I hadn't considered. Meanwhile, on the AFC side, Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker drilled the 45-yard field goal to beat the Bengals 23-20. Of course, that was aided by a penalty by the Cincinnati Bengals, a roughing penalty hit outside of bounds. And that gave Harrison Butker a much easier 45-yard field goal to complete. So now the Eagles emerge as a two-point favorite over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Other NFL news, the Texans and Niners defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, 
could meet as soon as this afternoon after he handles his San Francisco responsibilities. If all goes well, he could be hired by the Texans on Tuesday or Wednesday, Gambo. I think that's the worst-kept secret. The second he canceled a couple of interviews, including one with the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, at that point, I think it signified that he was going to be the Texans' head coach. Interesting story from over the weekend. Apparently, the owner of the Broncos and University of Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh met last week in Ann Arbor to once again discuss the Broncos coaching vacancy. No offer was made during that meeting, but apparently the two sides had yet another conversation, their first face-to-face conversation about that job. Fascinating, because the Broncos, if you look at their interview tracker and the amount of guys that they've interviewed, the fact that they got to go back to Harbaugh is incredible. I mean, they've interviewed Sean Payton, they interviewed Dan Quinn, they interviewed D'Amico Ryans and Raheem Morris and Ajiro Ivaro and Jim Caldwell and they... uh and then now you want to go back to Harbaugh? Well, what is it about all these candidates that have interviewed? Are they just not any good? I don't know. That's a great question because a lot of teams just don't seem very satisfied with no. them so far. No. And then from college basketball, U of A men's basketball, the new rankings came out today. They are ranked fifth after sweeping the Washington schools. Damn right. It was a rough weekend for ASU men's basketball, losing to both Washington schools, falling to Washington State on Saturday night, and then spending guard DJ Horn for behavior detrimental to the team. Yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. I mean, a preseason all-conference media pick, leading returning scorer from last year. He's been good for them, uh, and he gets suspended, and you had the Marvin Bagley situation earlier. Look, I don't think this bodes very well for Bobby Hurley. Then you throw in this losing streak right now, and they got blown out by Washington State. Washington State, not a very good team, but they play hard. They beat U of A once, but all of a sudden the Sun Devils, who started off you know, great. I mean, it was 6-1 in a Pac-12. Everything's falling apart for them right now. U of A, they took care of UW. Real, uh, real good road sweep for Arizona against the Washington schools. When we come back, we will circle back to what is one of our top stories today. We have a whole bunch of them today. The Arizona Cardinals coaching search and one thing is very clear, they are being thorough, and they are casting a very wide net. But is one specific guy still the target? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Cardinals head coaching search. Update. 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 Oh, yes. There's an incredible sense of urgency. And uh, believe me, I've been, uh, 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 like I said, on the phone and exchanging texts and messages and phone calls and uh, and getting the input of um, a lot of folks and trying to get a 360-degree view of a number of candidates. And we're also not done looking at it. Um, you know, there is no fixed list at this point. I'm trying to throw the, the net, cast the net as far and wide as I can. It's a big net, Mike. It's a big, yeah. big yeah. net. It is a big for net. For Michael Bidwell and the Arizona Cardinals. It has been, let's see, 22 days now since the Cardinals let Cliff Kingsbury go? 21 days? It was three weeks ago today, right? That they let him go? So 21 days since Cliff Kingsbury has been let go uh, as by the Arizona Cardinals. So it's been you know, we are now coming up on one of the longest, if not the longest coaching search in modern recent times for the Cardinals to find their guy. More names keep getting added to the list. Gambo 3 today. We'll talk about those. Um, neither you are or I 
are concerned that it's taking this long, but the longer it takes, you it you do wonder is it is it a waiting game for Sean Payton? Have they not found somebody that they really like well, so let's far? Talk, let's talk so about far the, in the search, let, let's talk about the Paul Calvisi angle that you're interviewing these other guys to just kind of show New Orleans that we're ready to move on if you don't agree to what we're going to give you. Now, you could play hardball with both guys. You could play hardball with Peyton and say, nobody wants to offer you a job. We're not going to pay you 20, but we'll pay you 12 a year, and we'll make sure you have enough money for your staff. We could do that. But And you could play hardball with Mickey Loomis and say, I'm not giving you a first, but I'll give you a second. We have a great second-round pick. I mean, it's very close to being a first-rounder. It's a great pick. So, you know, could they be playing hardball? That seems to be what what Paul's thinking is that that's a possibility, um, and yeah, maybe it is because of you know, or maybe they just really haven't fell in love with the kid. They like candidates, but they haven't fallen in love with what anybody's told them. And they've got these quality coaches that have taken their teams to the AFC and NFC championship games. And you want to interview these guys just to see if one of those guys stick out. Yeah, let me let me refresh everybody if, if people haven't heard us yet so far today or they haven't seen it. The three new names added to the Cardinals coaching search are Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. He's going to be the Cardinals plan to interview him on Wednesday. They plan to interview Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan on Thursday. And then the newest name is Mike Kafka, the Giants offensive coordinator. According to Tom Pelissero, the Cardinals will interview him for their head coaching job on Tuesday. He's also a candidate for the Colts job, previously interviewed with the Panthers and the Texans. Panthers hired Reich. Texans are going to hire D'Amico Ryans. So he gets another interview now and a chance to kind of put himself in front of the Cardinals. And, and at first glance, you look at this and you, you tend to think, okay, they're moving on from Sean Payton. They're, you know, Sean Payton's not going to happen. They're talking to more names. They're, they're casting a wide net. They're, you know, all the cliches and let, let's really expand the search here. But we suggested this, you and I, in the very first segment of the show in 2 o'clock. And then Paul Calvisi, Cardinal sideline reporter, was on with Gatos and Chad on our sister station, KTAR, and he suggested something that we had suggested back at 2 o'clock as well. Not reporting, but just kind of, hey, I wonder if this is what's going on here. I wonder if the Cardinals are using these interviews as a way to kind of light a fire under the Saints a little bit. Like, man, we're you're asking prices too high. Come down. Sean Payton by this time next week. We'll see. You think that's going to happen? Uh, I think they're negotiating right now. They keep adding names to the interview list. I think they're telling Payton and they're telling the Saints, bring your price down. No one else is coming after you. We'll go hire someone else if we have to. I think the Cardinals are truly interested, but right now they're negotiating on the price, both to Peyton and to the Saints. Is it really all that dissimilar from Sean Payton saying something like, hey, I'll just come back to Fox. I'm happy here. I love it here. This is great. This is my family here, right? Like, everyone's playing the game. Is that is that at least possible what's sure. going on here? Sure, it's absolutely possible. Absolutely possible. I mean, if nobody else is going to hire Sean Payton... Look, I have a hard time believing that the Cardinals would spend the type of money it would take to get Peyton in. I mean, and I have a hard time believing that you just hired a new GM and that he would give control to Peyton. Um, but, I mean, if uh, maybe. I mean, maybe Michael wants to make the biggest splash of them all. And I got Sean Payton sitting right here, and he wants to come here, and I can get him. But you do try to want to negotiate. I, I think more than anything, you want to negotiate that compensation with New Orleans more than you even do his own salary. I, I think so, too. But yeah, that's, so to me, too. that's even more important than the salary. Now, no, listen, you know, you, you get rid of Vance and all of his staff. 
you know, they have another year left on their contract. So you've got to pay all of those guys off, too. So there's a lot of money involved in paying off Cliff Kingsbury and his staff and then turning around and paying Sean Payton and then giving him money to his staff. So that's why I've always felt it hard to believe they're going to go that direction. But it would send a big signal that he's committed to winning if he did it. But as you've always said, well, first of all, there's the big signal. Secondly, there's the idea that if you hire Sean Payton, okay, this is not one of those two years from now I'm looking for a way out kind of hires, right, where you're looking to pay off the back end of a guy's contract. You're hiring Sean Payton to be your coach for the next four or five years. And that's just – that's nothing's changing that, right? Nothing's going to sway you from that. And so you don't have to worry about, hey, what if three years from now we have to fire this guy and eat the last two years of his contract? You're not going to worry about that with Sean Payton. That's not going to be the. So no. I, I'm not saying that saves you money, but at least you know that's not extra money you're going to have to spend because you fire a guy after two years. I think you're right, and and I've believed this for a long time that the money, uh, you know, Michael is not among the wealthiest of the NFL owners, but I don't think the money is the big big issue here. I think it's got to be that draft pick compensation, and it's basically telling the Saints, man. We, we want to give you a second-round pick. Just, just, you know, I, we understand what the asking price is. Let's negotiate that a little bit. And, and let's talk about that a little bit. And maybe the Cardinals are playing some long game. Or maybe maybe they've come to realize that Sean Payton isn't coming here and they just aren't super thrilled with any of the candidates they've met so far, so they want to meet with more. They want to meet with others. Um, Nothing wrong with that. I don't know. Meet with as many candidates as you can. Make sure you make the right hire. I mean, these are quality candidates. You know, the oh, yeah. Cincinnati defensive coordinator. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a quality candidate right there. You know, the offensive coordinator. These are good candidates. I mean, there's nothing wrong with meeting with as many people as you can. I still, I mean, it's, I'm, I, I would be blown away if they hired Sean Payton. Um, but what Paulie said does make some sense that you bring in other guys to kind of, you know, to show New Orleans that we're willing to go in a different direction if you're not willing to agree to the compensation we're willing to offer you. And again, yeah. like me and you have said, th- those comparisons that everybody likes to make were 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. They were 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Like, you don't, you know, what happened in, in 2000 doesn't, doesn't mean it's the same in 2022. It doesn't have to be that way. You want a second round pick? It's a really good pick. Take it and we'll take Sean Payton and be happy with that. It's better than nothing. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, here's a fun sentence to read. Hassan Reddick will play in the Super Bowl in State Farm Stadium. Ay, 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 what went wrong here in Arizona with him? That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona sports, the local sports leader. All right, let's send it back to the Auction Community Studios. It's already 4.30. Days flying by on this Monday. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day, which was narrow thin when we rolled it out at 2.30. Let's see where it's that at now at 4.30. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Ruby, what you got for us today? For the first time in history, I think I need to play this before I read the poll. Now, that is a poll question. Because, Bernsey, <laughs> you said that it was close two hours ago, and that is absolutely true. But you want to know what else is true? It somehow it's closer. got closer. Oh, I don't know crazy. how. But the question is this, before I read the results. What happens first? The Cardinals hire a head coach or Jay Crowder gets traded? <laughs> Uh, Gotta hire a coach first. 
I think it's the Cardinals hiring a coach first, but there's arguments to be made that it's the other. Uh, I mean, this thing, is it inconceivable that the Cardinals, you know, next week, middle of next week, don't have a coach because they're waiting for somebody on the Eagles or they're still negotiating with Sean or they're still, yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. And if, if you're going to trade Jake Crowder for a bag of peanuts, I mean, maybe you don't wait to the deadline to do it if you're the Suns. I don't know, but I, I, I'm with Gamble in this one. I still think it's going to be the Cards coach first. This one was separated by 0.4% two hours ago. Now leading the way by 0.2% is the Cardinals hiring a new head coach, 50.1%. Jay Crowder gets traded, 49.9%. So if you want to swing the vote, if you're listening right now and you want to swing the vote, <laughs> go to at Burns and Gambo. It's the pin tweet. You can be the deciding vote. All well, right, there you about go. That? Get in on that if you want on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Yeah, I, I had no idea that would be such a polarizing 50-50 split right there. Find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo, one word on Twitter is where you can find it. No answer, but again, they're trying to block Hassan Reddick with tight ends. <laughs> Greg Olson with the call <laughs> yesterday on Fox. We got no Don't- answer. Don't try to block Hassan Reddick with tight ends. Let, let's start with that. That's not going to work really well. How, Gambo, how could you watch that NFC Championship game yesterday if you're a Cardinals fan and not be nauseated at the sight of Hassan Reddick wreaking havoc, right? How could you not be sick to your stomach sure. over he, watching he was, Hassan Reddick wreaking havoc? He was your player, and you absolutely blew it. I mean, you absolutely put him at the wrong position. Yeah, I spoke with a player today, and and we talked about it. And you know, I had a player tell me that man for two years he was just as, on the scout team as an edge rusher. He was killing everybody. Like it was like, how do you not put this guy at, as an edge rusher? They tried to make him an inside linebacker. It was an absolute disaster. He leaves for six million dollars. And the biggest question is who? Who wanted to make him an inside linebacker? Because once he got to Carolina, Wilkes was there, right? As a DC, he made him an edge rusher. But he, on the scout team, Hassan Reddick would run as an edge rusher, and he would kill everybody. He was just he was tearing it up. It was like. Yeah, why aren't they playing this guy at edge rusher again? So the disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff, whatever it was, somebody decided that he would be better off being an inside linebacker and not an edge rusher, and it completely backfired on him. Yeah, it was, I mean, there was all sorts of conversation on social media yesterday. Kyle Odegaard, who writes for Compare.bet, used to write for ArizonaCardinals.com, you know, said this is one of the biggest mistakes in the last few years, letting him leave. Um, play, you know, former players or, or current players, Justin Pugh chimed in, stopped talking about how the bridge was burned. He had to leave in order to do what he's doing now. And, and it was, it was for the first half of that game yesterday, it was the talking point if you're a Cardinals fan and you were on social media just kind of Hassan Reddick and what he's doing and what happened and how do you avoid it and and the disconnect that you talk about and that's hopefully what has been fixed now with the personnel changes the Cardinals have been made because because that that disconnect has been going on for several years now you know in terms of drafting players how do you use players how often do you use players how soon do you use players um, it, it's been really obvious that with a few exceptions here or there over the last three or four years nobody's quite been on the same page with stuff like this and, and that's first and foremost one of the things that has to change with this new regime because there was just way too much time and money and energy wasted on guys who were are, I mean Hassan Reddick he should be doing this for the Cardinals 
right? He this yes. this should. He shouldn't be doing this for somebody else. He should be doing this for you. And the fact that he's not is a failure on everybody's plate. Everybody's got a hand in failing Hassan Reddick and not allowing him to do that here. Everybody. The, the list of players that have double-digit sacks, you know, there's not, there's not a ton of them, right? There were 19 guys this year that had double-digit sacks. Um, there were only... Three, four, five guys that had 15 or more. So the Cardinals threw away a, lo- a winning lottery ticket. You know how hard it is to get a guy that can get you that many sacks? You know how hard it is to find a guy that can get you 15 sacks in a season? Mm-hmm. You, the, the Cardinals, they, they, they had the scratch-off ticket. They hit it. It won, and they threw it away. They threw it away. Yep. They had a winning yep. lottery ticket. They threw it in the garbage. You know, I didn't realize I had the They didn't realize that it was a winner. They didn't realize that it said... $3.5 million because you matched the number. They they threw it away. And now the Philadelphia Eagles, they picked up the winning lottery ticket. They picked it up. I mean, it was a steal. I mean, he played for $6 million for Carolina. Again, it's so hard to get a Miles Garrett, a Chris Jones, a Nick Bosa, a Micah Parsons. When you get those guys, you've struck gold. You've struck gold. How many of those guys have played on different teams? You think Nick Bosa is going to play on a different team? Miles Garrett? No, I don't. Chris nope. Jones? You think Micah Parsons is going to play somewhere else? You think Max Crosby is going to go somewhere else? They're not leaving. You go look at the sack leaders in the NFL, okay? They don't go anywhere. These aren't yeah. guys that have been on different teams. Miles Garrett has been on Cleveland his whole career. Nick Bosa with San Francisco, whole career. Uh, Max Crosby, whole career. Chris Jones with Kansas City has been on the Kansas City Chiefs since he got drafted in 2016. You don't let guys like that go. That's insanity. <laughs> you know, they don't go anywhere. So it's like, do you look at this and you're like, oh, I can't believe that the, like, they, they had him. They had a guy. And they let him go. And that just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in the NFL. No. Hassan Reddick after the game yesterday. It means everything to me. Uh, you know, it took me a long time to get to the get, get to the playoffs. I come home. This team, the things we've been through, the way we played to get to this point, I, I, I can't explain it. It, it, it. It's been one heck of a journey, uh, and I'm glad that it's all working out. Yeah, I mean, there's so much... I mean, we can look back at the mistakes that were made, and it's it's painful, but you want to look back. But you also have to look ahead. And, and mainly I think about Isaiah Simmons, and I think about what the Cardinals are going to do about Isaiah Simmons because for three years now they've been trying to figure out the best way to use him. And to draw the parallels between Simmons and Hassan Reddick is so easy. Not saying that Simmons is going to be an elite pass rusher, but saying – that there is clearly a best thing for him to do out there, and whoever the next round of coaches are, they need to find out what that best thing is, and they need to do it, and they need to use it. And if there is no best thing, then let him go. But that was the problem with Hassan Reddick, and you know this as well as I do. He was drafted to be an inside linebacker, and they tried, and they tried, and they tried, and they tried, and it just didn't take. But the real shame of this, Gambo, is remember... Towards the end, they got a look at Hassan Reddick as an edge rusher. They had injuries. They had they had a shortage of players, and they put Hassan on the outside the second half of his final season here, and he did really, really well. Now, you and I, I remember the debates every single day, and it's like, okay, is that enough evidence to pay him? 
Is that enough evidence to say he's arrived? What do the Cardinals do? But that's the disconnect that we're talking about here. A player that was drafted to be an inside linebacker with coaches that were trying to make him what the front office wanted him to be, what Steve Keim wanted him to be, needed him to be, and nobody either recognized that he'd be better served doing something else or had the guts to say, hey, guys, we're doing this all wrong. He should be an edge rusher. What what are we doing messing around trying to make this guy an inside linebacker? Everybody failed. Everybody, Everybody failed on this one. Right. Everybody. It's gotta, this one's got to hurt real bad. It's got to hurt real bad. Because I'm telling you, these pass rushers, the majority of them, the vast majority of them, they're that good. Teams don't get rid of guys that, that are that good at rushing the passer. They just don't get rid of guys like that. And so Hassan Reddick's been on three different teams in three years. Now, it's not Carolina's fault that they weren't able to keep him. Philly came in with a great offer, and he took advantage of it and signed it. He was a free agent. But, man, the Cardinals had him. They had him. And for some reason, somebody in that organization, I don't know if it was Todd Bowles. I don't know if it was Bruce Arians. I don't know if it was Steve Keim. I don't, I don't know who it was. Somebody decided that he was better off being an inside linebacker, and that was a huge mistake, and it cost them. Well, we got another classic AFC championship game between the Chiefs and the Bengals, and we might be seeing the second coming of an all-time great quarterback battle, one that can rival Brady versus Manning, and that's Burrow and Mahomes. This is just getting started, folks. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. When you peel it back like the layers of an onion, I mean, there are so many things to talk about that AFC Championship game yesterday. Joseph, what am I doing? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm like, wait, what? What did I just hear? Uh, you didn't hear what Lauren said to me on the air, but I was getting some instructions there because I'm working from home. So uh, I was not aware of what was going on back there in the studio. When um, when you peel back the layers of this onion in the AFC Championship game, and there's so many things to talk about what happened yesterday, like I was talking about, whether it's Joseph Asai, whether it's Joe Burrow, whether it's the penalties, whether it's a phantom third down or fourth down or whatever. Right. At the end of the day... You boil it down to like its very basic thing. And its very basic thing yesterday was Patrick Mahomes, when it comes to playing football, is a bad, bad, bad man. And he does incredible things. Every single game, he's only 27, 28 years old. He's on this career arc that is just crazy to think about, crazy to contemplate. And for as much of that game yesterday was about Gambo Joseph Asai or, or anything else, at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes, to do what he did with the injury that he had, with the personnel that he was missing, it was incredible. It was another one of those all-time, oh, yeah, this is why you're that guy kind of performance from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He was outstanding yesterday. Burrow had my ass, right? Bur- Burrow had my ass. <laughs> it's Burrow had my ass. Listen, youngest quarterback in NFL history to reach 10 career playoff wins. He did it earlier than Brady. He did it earlier than Roethlisberger. He did it earlier than Troy Aikman. He is a quarterback that is difficult to root against. I like Patrick Mahomes. You know, and I like Joe Burrow. I mean, I wanted Cincinnati to win that football game. Uh, but 
more because they were, you know, they had the they've had this underdog status all year. Than that, I don't like Kansas City. I like Mahomes. I, you know, I'm going to root for Kansas City over Philly. I'd rather see the Chiefs win than the Eagles. But I don't, you know, I look at Mahomes and how tough he is and how good he is. Uh, he's an incredible player. I mean, he's a guy that you know. I like at some point in a in a quarterback's career, you could end up disliking them. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but I, do. I don't think that you know. I'm. I like Patrick Mahomes. I don't dislike Patrick Mahomes at all. And you know this: there are quarterbacks that over time you're like, okay, I don't really like that guy. I want him to lose. Don't feel that way about Mahomes. No, and and to me, there were two plays yesterday that encapsulated what he's all about. And of course, the first one is running for the five yards on the third and four, bad ankle and all, and just squeezing every single drop that he had out of that beat up body of his to get those five yards. But then there was another, and it was about midway through the third quarter. That touchdown pass he threw to Marquez Valdez Scantling to make it twenty to thirteen was just a seed, man. It was a laser beam out of his hand and for a compromised quarterback playing in a compromised situation with all of the injuries that he was dealing with it was one of if you go back and look at it I mean like really look at it it was one of the finest throws I've seen in a long time it was incredible and ultimately Burrow came back and tied it with his own incredible plays he made that fourth down to Jamar Chase was incredible and all that but Patrick Mahomes is is just he's one of a kind and he's that's now the third time in his career, in his playoff career, that he has guided a lead-changing drive with a drive that started with less than a minute on the clock. I mean, he's done it three times. No other quarterback's done it more than once in their career. He's got three of them already. Yeah. So um, There were very few mistakes. It, that right, He had the fumble that slipped out of his hands on the throw. Hubbard recovered that, and then Cincinnati turned that into a touchdown to tie it at 20. You know, that was the that was the one mistake where you say, okay, oh, man, that's on Mahomes, you know, fumbling that ball right there. Just slipped out of his hands. I mean, that wasn't the ankle. That was just a mistake that happened. Yeah, that was one of the few mistakes that happened. Um and, and you know, and then after the game, there was you know, Mahomes is doing his post game interview. Somebody runs up and starts yelling about Patrick Mahomes being disrespected. Nobody's disrespecting Patrick no, Mahomes. There are people no. who thought that because of the ankle injury that that might open the door enough for Joe or to beat him. That's not disrespecting Patrick Mahomes. That's just wondering legitimately if a hardcore ankle injury is going to keep him from being his best. It was one of the it was one, one of the stupidest parts about yesterday. Honestly, was that guy yelling at the camera? Quit disrespecting my guy. No one's disrespecting. Your guy, yeah. It was just a, it was just a question of how hurt he was. No, your touchdown, your, your the touchdown he had was he was about to get clocked too. Like so, he 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 dropped back to pass. He moved a little bit to his right, and then I can't. I don't know what number ninety four on Cincinnati was about to bury him. Like he was about to, you know, send him to the to the to the bench, and he releases the ball. Right to Valdez Scantling, and then one of the defensive backs from Cincinnati kind of makes a play where he kind of jumps right in, but it was just a little bit too late. It was a great play. It was a great pass. It was typical Mahomes. Um, and, you know, you look, you know, no Tyreek Hill. They end up with Valdez Scantling, who was a guy, if I remember correctly, I think you were high on the Suns getting Valdez Scantling. 
Oh, the Suns or the Cardinals? Oh, I'm sorry. The, the oh, Suns for okay. Jay Crowder. You wanted, Jay, yeah, you yeah, wanted something I, for Jay Crowder. You'd have taken I would, I would trade Jay Crowder. Yeah, I would tra- trade Jay Crowder for Marquez Valdez-Scanling right now. I, I think Val- Valdez-Scanling has a good jump shot. I think he can rebound and defend on the perimeter. So I would absolutely make that trade right good now. good for 5,000. No, you wanted the Cardinals to get him, I believe, in the offseason, if I'm, if I I'm correct. I did. He was a name I was very high on. Yeah. He was a name I was very high on. And so you lose, Ty- you lose Tyreek Hill. You lose Tyreek Hill. And you replace him with Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And you're in, the, you're in the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. Like, that just goes to show you how great Mahomes is. Now, it also helps to have Kelsey. And boy, I'll tell you, you want to make an argument for... You want to make a real argument for not paying a running back? How about that Pacheco from, uh, from the Isaiah Pacheco? You know what he was? You know what round he was drafted in? Seven, seventh round. Seven. The kid's—he's uh-huh. great. He was a seventh round pick. He had eight hundred and thirty yards rushing this year. He was dynamic. Like if, oh. so, the Burnsy argument. Like the Kansas City Chiefs are. I mean, that's your that's your dream team right there. I can't imagine you not rooting for them. They go get in, in some. Marquez. In some ways, this. Yeah, they go get Marquez Valdez-Scanling. He's very good for them. He's not Tyreek Hill, but he's good. They draft a running back in the seventh round. He's dynamic. Oh. He averages five yards a carry. They don't pay him any money. That's exactly the type of team you want. Gambo, don't even get me started about the Kansas City Chiefs and their draft class. Are you ready for this? Okay, listen to this. This was the Kansas City Chiefs draft class yesterday, okay? Prepare to get ill over this if you're a Cardinals fan. Cornerback Trent McDuffie, six tackles, two passes broken up. Defensive end George Karloftis had a sack. Wide receiver Sky Moore, three catches, key punt return. Safety Brian Cook, four tackles, pass broken up. Cornerback Joshua Williams, interception. Cornerback Jalen Watson, interception. Running back Isaiah Pacheco, 85 total yards, round one through round seven. Contributor, 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 contributor. Drove me nuts. They didn't like Nuts Carl- watching that. Remember what I said about Carl Loftus in the draft? Yeah, they didn't like him. Didn't like him. Didn't like him. They didn't, they like, didn't him. like him. Nope. Mm. I'm glad to hear that the they is a different set of eyes. And that the they is a different set of evaluation. Not that I'm sitting here pining that they don't have George Karloftis, but that's, you know, we saw it with the Seahawks this year during the regular season, too, where, man, every single guy they drafted was making a contribution. Every single one. Yesterday, there it was on display for the Chiefs. Guys, we talked about McDuffie coming here. We talked about Karloftis coming here. But even bigger than that, if he hit zoom out, just about every single draft pick they made this last year helped them win that football game yesterday yeah where's where's that that's what i'm talking about that's what you're talking about i just it it just that to me frustrating because if done right you're not going to get that every year you're not going to get that with every player but that is what you want to strive for right and yes isaiah pacheco the seventh-round pick, that is the Burnsy plan at running back. Spend nothing on running back. Spend fifth, sixth, seventh-round picks and just do it every couple of years and just bring in some fresh bodies and run them until they're done. And, and that's, that's the Burnsy plan when it comes to the running back position in the NFL. That's yep. how you do it. Yep, there's, there's, there's no question that when, when they were looking at that draft, one of the guys that they ruled out 
was Karloftis. They just they, they there was something about him. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I ruled him out as a guy. Now he had you know six sacks in the season, but I think that was pretty good for rookies. He played. I a believe lot. among rookies, he was second in sacks and second in pressures. If I remember the stat that I read this morning right, I think that's the case with him. So. You know, impactful as some of the NFL leaders? No, but impactful when compared to other rookies? Yeah. 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 Compared to other rookies, he was impactful. Yep. We just keep on keeping on when it comes to that. But maybe, hopefully, things are better now when it comes to the Cardinals and that. Starting next Monday. We talk about this Super Bowl matchup now, right? It's Kansas City versus Philly. Listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. Register. And then once you hear your name, call in within the time frame, and you could be going to Super Bowl 57. You could also be going to FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl experience. That's text SUPER right now to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access, and it's presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back, we turn our attention back to the Suns. Jay Crowder to the Bucks. Is it inevitable? Is it a decent return coming back? That's all next. Burns and Gambo.